0: is where I juggle the music stand. Sorry, Josh, I hope I'm not going to stand here. For those of you who came along this morning expecting Richard, I apologize. Sorry, it's not Richard, it's me. Uh, yeah, but... Um, now I was I was I was sat outside many of you know ever, uh, most Mays for about the last four years I'd go off and play golf in France with the seniors from the golf club and I was sat outside the clubhouse of one of these really nice courses drinking a cup of coffee and I lifted up my cup and inscribed must be the maker or something or the source was Richard and I thought oh Richard he's famous in France and just then the phone pinged I got a text and it was Richard saying need to leave earlier to go to Uganda. I've been invited to Emmanuel's wedding. Could you preach for me on June the 23rd? It is June the 23rd, isn't it? And uh, I went, yeah, of course I can. And I was just thinking of you. He said, Oh, that's really nice. For you. I said, no, 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 no. It's, it's not, that, not that good, really. It's just that this is a photo of the coffee saucer that I was drinking off. So here we go. I'm here. Um, interestingly enough, I was sat you may know we've got three kids. Some of you haven't been around that long. Some of you have. Those of us who have known us for a while will know that we have three children, one of whom is, is within the, with us in the church here. The other two have kind of flown the nest and gone to different places. And we went down to um Dy's Dye's recently, look after the kids while they were going off on their 10th wedding anniversary, and um, I had a text from my bank and I knew it was a legit, because you got to, yes, I get emails from all sorts of people that I don't even bank with saying that kind of stuff is happening. Apparently, I've got thousands in Bitcoin waiting for me as well from somewhere if I only send my bank details to someone. But the, I knew this is from a bank because I've set up alerts and if I set up a regular payee, they send a one-time payment thing to my mobile and on the thing from my bank came through a thing saying, we've noticed suspicious activity on your account. I thought, ooh, that looks interesting. And it said, um, we will text you from this number asking you to confirm if certain transactions are yours. And they sent me through a couple of transactions and thought, no, don't recognize that one. No, don't recognize that one. And they, I sent it back and they uh, sent to me. Or they they uh, sent me a message saying we will call you, which I thought was pretty good on a bank holiday Monday. I was impressed. Said we will call you between these hours. If you're not available, please call our security department on this number. Anyway, they rang me, and they said, look, you know, we've had a couple of transactions which don't kind of fit with the usual kind of thing. You know, kind of iTunes for fifty pounds. You say that was no, no, no. Do you deal with iTunes? Well, yes, we do, but actually comes out of my wife's account and kind of so i you know ooh, no uh, and so went through a couple of other ones yes that was me yes that was me no that definitely wasn't me no that definitely wasn't me i said ah oh, looks like your card's been hacked um we'll have to cancel your card and send you a new one I said, okay fair enough fine can work with that so um sure enough later on in the week they sent me an email saying your new card has been dispatched and if you didn't request a new card, please contact our security department. And I thought, wonderful. Anyway, sure enough, new card arrives. And it's a nice brand spanking new card. It's even contactless, which my old one wasn't. And I thought, I wonder if I can remember the security number on the back. Turned it over, and I thought, what's the security number? And I thought, oh, this is fun. Six, six, six. <laughs> <laughs> I told Rachel, they said, she said, they know you so well. (laughs) Now, it's interesting, because I've, having agreed to preach for Richard, and kind of, he didn't actually give me a topic this time, so kind of, and I, I, I kind of go through this thing of saying, okay, God, so what do you want? And the moment I saw that, God dropped something into my heart, and I was a little bit nervous about the path I was taking this morning, thinking like, yeah, I've heard you, right, God. And it's interesting, because basically I just felt God wanted me to declare the kingdom of God this morning, and I'll tell you why. And it's interesting, I come here, and then suddenly half the songs that start off, we talking about the kingdom of God, the reign of God, God breaking in. I thought, do you know what? This is interesting. God wants to do something this morning, because a lot of people get very sidetracked by the book of Revelation, you know, kind of the whole, which is why I throw this thing in about 666, because kind of a lot of people kind of, you, particularly a certain wing of the church gets very fixated about 666, the beast, the antichrist, yeah, you know, kind of the end times and all this kind of stuff. And actually, that is not the central message of the book of Revelation. And I felt God drop a scripture into my heart. And I'm not going to expound it. I really just want to proclaim it. And it's where in Revelation 11, verse 5, it says this. Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of this world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever." And ever. And I believe that God wanted me to announce something of that to you this morning. It's a familiar truth, but in the declaring of it and the proclaiming of it, the power of God comes. There is something whereby truth is released and we are equipped. Because the kingdom of God, it's a very misunderstood topic. And one of the reasons, and I'm not really wanting to have a go at anybody else's theology, but sometimes certain sectors of the Christian community, and they're very sincere, very genuine in their faith, but sometimes what they believe about their eschatology, which is the theology of the last times and the kingdom of God's ultimate triumph, what they believe about that defines their ecclesiology, in other words, how we do church in such a way that it limits what God, wants to, what God is doing. And we end up going down a blind alley because we're doing some duff things with church. Not saying about us particularly, but the Christian community. We get hedged into a closed community and we don't see what God is doing in the wider world. Which is why I think it's interesting the way that God is, is kind of saying some things this morning already and wants us to get on the back of that. Because for some people, the kingdom of God is primarily ethical. And a lot of people think, well, yeah, it's about social justice. And it's about doing good to your neighbor. And it's about welcoming the outsider. And it's about not committing adultery, not stealing. It's, it's ethical. And actually, yes, there is an ethical implication of the kingdom of God. It's not that that's incorrect. It's just incomplete. There is so much more. And the fact is, even when we try and live to some of the things like the Sermon on the Mount, we find that we fall short on that because we don't have the inward resources or the inward power to live that way. So the kingdom of God is more than ethics. Some people will say, actually, the kingdom of God is experiential. So the kingdom of God is within you, you know, kind of, and it's, it's almost the Christian version of the, I'm not, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual camp. And there is a lot of that today, where it's actually, it's all about your experience. It's about your experience of God within you, and it's your experience of the spirit. And actually, let's not get too legalistic about what the Bible says. It's all about our experience. And the trouble is with that, is that we can get so caught up into different experiences, we kind of have moved away from the bedrock of what God says. And we can get into some very weird and flaky stuff. Actually, don't get me wrong. Some of the stuff that God does is actually a little bit weird because it's just outside of our frame of reference. And we shouldn't dismiss it because of that. But actually, we need to be very grounded in what did God say and what did God say he's going to do? And it's not that experience is incorrect it's just a little bit incomplete it's part of the kingdom of god but it's not all the kingdom of god and then then there are some others for whom the kingdom of god is primarily eschatological and i do apologize because normally i try and avoid the kind of the original Greek and kind of big, long, complicated theological words, but hey, I'm going to define my terms, so it's going to be okay. Trust me with this one. But eschatology is the study of the last things. It is, as I said, important because it defines often your ecclesiology and the way that you do mission, the way that we do mission, and therefore it's important. And ultimately, and A lot of Bible-believing Christians do differ on their interpretations and their perspectives on on eschatology. But ultimately, it says this, the kingdoms of this world have become, will become, the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ, and he will reign forever and ever. There will be a final judgment when there will be a separation. There will be a resolving of who's out and who's in. And there is a fundamental important aspect of the kingdom of God, which is about inclusiveness, but there is an exclusiveness. Some will be out and some will be in. But our mission is to get hold of those who are currently out to see them come in, and that's what Jesus has tasked us with. And I don't really, because the trouble is, people have written books. You could do a whole series of lectures on eschatology. So I'm really, I'm, I'm not going to kind of define different viewpoints or even have a go at one and promote another, because to be honest, just haven't got time. And also. I don't think it's what God wants to do this morning. However, there is an impact of what we believe. I I do actually, I'm going to give a little bit of my position away. I do believe that some people, and it's important because with the internet, and particularly with the way that our relationship with the United States comes in and kind of the, the, the fact that the internet makes the world a very, very small community, there's a lot of rubbish out there. And the trouble is, you read it and you kind of think, "Oh." And it's important sometimes that we take a look at what's out there compared to what's in here and jettison some of it, quite honestly, because the fundamental thing with some aspects of the Book of Revelation is I actually think a lot of it's historic. Yeah, some of it, some of it is declaring what will come in the future, but actually, a lot of it is historic. could actually kind of do a little thing on the numerology thing of 666 where actually if you because there's a whole science well it's not really science but the whole thing where people assign numbers to words and stuff and actually if you transliterate nero caesar and add up the numbers it does come to 666 interestingly enough six falls short the number of biblical perfection which is seven and if you actually transliterate the name of jesus and add it up it's 888 is Jesus surpassed all of God's standards and is ruling and reigning. But I don't want to get into that too much. Because it's a side issue. i just kind of throw it out there. And having let the cat out of the bag, I'm just going to totally ignore the cat from here on in. But the fundamental point is this. Some eschatological positions throw everything up into the future. That the kingdom of God is something that will be, will, will be realized in a glorious thousand year period when Jesus returns to planet earth and I think if you look at what the Bible actually says there is a huge amount of the kingdom that is here and now because Jesus is on the throne and that is what we need to declare that Jesus is Lord you see even if you go back into the Old Testament the writer of the Psalms said this the earth is the Lord's and all that is in it and that's part of the right of jesus because we read that he created the first verse in the bible is in the beginning god created the heavens and the earth and it sums it up in the new testament when it says by him all things were created and all things were created for him so Jesus created all things, all things were created by him, through him, and for him. And in him, all things hold together. Jesus has a creatorial right to rule. He made this earth and everything in it. He, has, he rules by right of creation. It is his. He is the king. He rules because he made everything. I'm not particularly good with my hands. I'm not particularly good in terms of DIY. But I, had to, I, I was given the option at school of doing O-levels either in music, art, or design and technology. And I really chose the lesser of the three evils because I went for design and technology. and I, had to, I ended up making a coffee table. My sister still has it, because I, 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 she asked. She suggested, why don't you make a coffee table, and I made it. She's still got it. I think she probably only still keeps it, because it's not in keeping with the rest of the room-ish. But I think she keeps it, because I made it. And I still think of it a little bit as my coffee table, because I made it, even though somebody else has got it at the moment. I don't know whether it will ever come back to me. I'm not sure want it. Is. It's not a great coffee table. It's not particularly well-made, to be honest. But the thing is you can't say that about this planet because actually God looked at me and said, it's good, I've made it, it's mine. And there are some people who will kind of go overboard and fact. yeah, but the whole world is under the control of the evil one. That doesn't mean that he's got authority over it because he's an usurper, he's a liar, the father of lies. Belongs to God because he made it. So it's his by route of creation the other thing is, I mean, we talk these days a lot about regime change. You know, it's a very kind of politically correct way of saying we're going to go and we're going to kind of conquer somewhere else because we don't like the way that somebody else does government and we're going to go and do that. I mean, kind of back in the old days, we called it kind of conquest, really. I mean, the one date that all of you will probably know in English history, and some of you aren't big fans of history, but you'll probably all know 1066. If you don't, Sorry? battle of hastings absolutely correct the year of three kings edward the confessor harold ii and william i duke of normandy otherwise known as william the conqueror we probably call him william the regime changer now but the thing is william believed that he had a right to the english throne believed that he should take over from edward harold took over William didn't like it, invaded, fought a battle on, on Senlac Hill, called the Battle of Hastings, Harold died, William takes over. The interesting thing is, our culture changed, our architecture changed, our language changed, a whole load of stuff changed as, as a result of the fact that William was now king. But he was king by right of conquest. Jesus is king by right of conquest. Because he came to a world that was, that was his own, but it, his own knew him not. But on the cross, he vanquished the powers of sin and death forever. And God vindicated him by raising him from the dead. And he's still alive. And after showing himself to his disciples... He ascended to the right hand of God where he now sits on the throne as king of kings and lord of lords. He is the undisputed king because he conquered. Before he ascended, he said to his disciples this. He said, all authority has been given to me. And that's a very important statement that we need to take note of as believers. All authority has been given to me, therefore go. We can go because Jesus has all authority. Now, we've just celebrated the 75th anniversary of D-Day. You might not have celebrated it, but there were a lot of events took place to celebrate the fact that in June 1944 many many brave men set sail across the channel to invade France to initiate regime change to set free people from the tyranny of Nazi rule interestingly enough they called it Operation Overlord and you know what we're involved in our own operation Overlord, because Jesus is Lord over all. He's conquered sin. He's conquered death. And he wants us, as a group of believers, to go out and to see people set free from a regime of tyranny, a regime that keeps them oppressed, a regime which causes them to die, a regime that causes them to be ill, a regime that causes them All end of issues and the good news is this because we often think too much of the gospel about a means of getting saved that's not incorrect it's just incomplete because actually the gospel is so much more than that because the gospel is about the gospel of the kingdom all things together in heaven and on earth being reconciled and brought together on one, under one head, even Christ. You see, Jesus is Lord over all. And he sends us on a mission to announce the good news. He's in charge. And the kingdom of God is coming, but the kingdom of God is already here because Jesus Is already on the throne. He already has all authority, and he has said to us, You need to go in the power of that authority, the power of my spirit, and set the captives free. It's our very own Operation Overlord. Because it's not just about what we do on a Sunday morning. It's about seeing people set free out there. You see, I'm British. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing particularly good about it either. But just, see, my passport says United Kingdom of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I've got an old one which is blue. but I mean, there's no quality of whether or not it's blue or purple. i'm british because my descent is british my parents were british i do actually tend to think of myself more as english than british i have to say but again nothing wrong with that nothing but you know kind of much the same way some of you think some of you think of yourselves more as welsh or scottish or irish or your nationality may be something totally different to that but the fact is a number of years ago i did actually change my citizenship Not one that's reflected on my partner on my passport because the Bible tells us that our citizenship is in heaven. I am now a citizen of God's kingdom because there was a point at which I acknowledged that Jesus was Lord of all and that I needed to serve him. And there are many people out there who've not yet come across that news. That Jesus is Lord of all, and they need to serve him. Because the gospel isn't just about somebody's personal need of salvation. It's about the fact that Jesus is Lord. But the good news is, death has been defeated. We might not see the full outworking of that yet, but death has been defeated. There is no sting. People that we've loved and lost, and valued, for some of us, we know that we will see them again, and we will be reunited. There will be no more tears, no more crying, no more pain. Now that bit has not yet been realized, but there is an inbreaking of kingdom power that comes along with the authority that Jesus is on the throne, like the healing of the sick. Now, there is a whole issue: of, well, why are some people healed? Why are some not? I don't know. I know this. Jesus promised that he would be with us, that we could lay hands on sick people and they would recover. He said that anyone who believes in my name will do the same things that I've been doing because I've gone to the Father, poured out the Holy Spirit. And I think we really do. Andrew Davis last week was encouraging us to step out into the miraculous. And we can often think, yeah, but that, 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 that's you. you. know, That's your gifting. You're good at that, or whatever. We're all ministers in that sense. And God has made the supernatural available to all of us. Because we all partake in the one Holy Spirit. Pat prophesied earlier on this year about stepping out of our comfort zone. And I think that's still a current word for us. God is wanting to get hold of us and say, actually, guys don't settle in your comfort zone, step out. You might not be familiar with this kind of thing, but press out and announce the kingdom with signs and wonders. Why? Because there is a whole group of people that need to be set free from a regime of tyranny and known that there is a liberating king who wants them to be set free. And that's the message that we carry. I did feel that there were a group of people here this morning. Paul writes this to the Galatians. He said, you were running a good race. Who cut in on you? And there's a number of you here. You were running a good race. you grasped something of the kingdom of God. And it's like someone or something has cut in on you. And there's various kind of athletic kind of imageries. One that kind of sticks with me is the, the one from Chariots of Fire. And if you've never seen Chariots of Fire, it's a great film. I went to see it at the cinema so many times. Bought the DVD. But it's the story of Eric little, who was a Christian believer. And uh, the upshot was is that he got asked to run on a Sunday and he wouldn't do it because of his convictions. But there's a scene in the film where he's running a race and he gets tripped up by a competitor and he kind of takes a tumble and he's kind of there slightly sprawled out at which point the race is going on and he is way way, way behind and there's a point at which Eric little kind of shakes himself off and he picks himself up, dusts himself down and starts running again and two of his friends are in the stands, make a comment about, that's going to be difficult. And one turns to the other, I think it might even have been his brother, and he says, yeah, but his head's not back yet. And there's this point, because there's this very j- j- jarring music that plays as he's by the side. And he's, he's starting to run, and it's all slow motion, and it's really cool cinematography. And there's this point at which his head goes back, and the Vangelis theme comes in, Da 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 da, and he catches the guys. He runs. He overtakes, and he wins. And he sprawls in a heap, totally out of breath. And the guy that he's been asking, or that he's been talking to, uh, who ends up training one of his opponents, cradles him and says, "Oh, Mister Little, that might not have been the prettiest quarter I've ever seen, but it was certainly the bravest." Now, I am not in any way wanting to negate the reality of what's happened to some of you. I watched a YouTube clip a little while ago. It's entitled Ron Davies Beats Manchester United. Ron Davies used to play football for Southampton Football Club, and he scored a hat-trick against Manchester United, basically beating Manchester United. But um, it's, it's, it's kind of in the late 60s. It's in black and white. And there is this one point where the commentator is saying, Oh, he rode that tackle really well as he kind of like keeps the ball through as the guy. And I'm thinking, you would never hear that in a Premier League match today or in international football. These days, the style is it kind of someone goes near you and you're rolling around in the penalty box, cotching your knee, and it's like, Oh, next thing I'm up on, playing again. Now, I'm not saying that any of you have ever faked injury or that you should just ride the tackle, nor am I going to throw at you the cliche that champions don't give up, they get up. Because some of you have been hit hard by someone or something cutting in on you. And it's kind of distracted you from your call in the kingdom of God. And God wants to encourage you today. Dust yourself off and start running again and start pursuing your call again. That's not all of you, but there are a number of you here. You were running a good race. Who cut in on you? And it might not have been a who, it might have been a what. But for some of you, someone or something cut in on you. And you know you're not running like you once did. And that's not a thing saying, pointing the finger, saying. You're not running like you once did. But someone or something cut in on you. Today, God just wants to encourage you to say it is a new day. New things are happening. There is a new wave of God's spirit that is coming. It's going to be different from the last time. But you would need to dust yourself off. And you need to get running. That's not to negate the pain you've suffered because for some of you it's been very real pain. But today is a day you need to dust yourself off, stop looking behind you, focus on the race that's in front of you and run the race to win. And press out of your comfort zone. If that's you, I'm not going to have a ministry time at the end. But you might want to see someone that you know, like, and trust, and get them to pray for you. But actually, with that kind of thing, it isn't just a one-prayer-fix-all thing. And suddenly, sometimes, you know, don't get me wrong, I'm very big on the fact that sometimes people pray and things happen and they change. But more often than not, that is actually remedied by a whole sequence of better decisions and some good discipleship in other words you getting along some alongside somebody talking the things through and choosing not to be offended anymore choosing not to look back but to look forward finding new ways of pressing on in to inherit all that God has promised for you sometimes God can break in and change stuff but often it's different choices and it's a process to keep on running and even when things come against you to keep on running keep on running keep on running that is a that is a bunch of people i just just did feel that god put that in there on my heart to to put that in because i think that there are some of you here who need to hear that but the fundamental message of today is that there is a king on the throne his name is jesus he is lord over all his kingdom isn't just a coming kingdom it's a kingdom that has come and we're called to announce that in the power of his spirit there used to be a lot of talk about we need a new Pentecost somebody actually once pointed out well the old one did the church pretty well but we need to walk in that we need to kind of Lay hold of all that God laid hold of us for. We need to fan into flame the gift of God that's within us. We need to not be passive. We need to not be aggressive either, but we need to lay hold of the purposes of God that God called us into. Because ultimately, He has a plan and purpose for us. And I think sometimes. You hear some people talk about the motivation for mission being the lost. I don't think that's actually the case. Yes, God is passionate about lost people. But the Moravians used to have a a, a saying that the Lamb of God may receive the reward due to him for his suffering. That ultimately, this is about the king and his kingdom And the the reward that he duly deserves and his reward is lots of people bowing the knee in the kingdom, being transformed because they share in the birthright of the king, because they have his heart, they have his spirit, they have his anointing. I'd like to pray for us.